1: Hey everyone, it's Caroline from G-Thanks Just Bought It, reminding you that in between episodes, you can find me on Instagram at pod. You can find products that don't make it onto the episodes and recommendations from listeners like you. So before you start this episode, give it a follow and say hi in the comments. And for a full list of every product we featured on G-Thanks, visit itcom slash episodes. See you there. Hey everyone, welcome to another week of G Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast where we talk about what we just bought and what you might need to buy next. I'm your host, Caroline Moss, and today we are joined by Aminatu So and Anne Friedman, the authors of Big Friendship, which just came out this Tuesday. I read it in one sitting on Monday. I loved it, and you're going to love it too. Anne, Aminatu, thank you for coming to the show and welcome. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy you're here. We are really excited to be here.
0: We prepared.
1: I know. I know. I uh, and I heard that you brought seventeen things to to
0: share. <laughs> Listen, this was an important reflective exercise for me, where I was like, "Wow, I have a real opportunity to like, what do I feel most evangelical about? Like in in terms of my material possessions, mm-hmm. and it really went a lot of places. Like there are some journal pages dedicated to this. I really I plumbed the depths.
1: I'm so happy to hear it. I like when people are like, I couldn't just bring one. So I've crafted a spreadsheet Um, and it seems like you really, you really took this, this assignment to heart. Um, So first of all, guys, congratulations. The book is like, it's done and it's going to (laughs) be in the world soon. How are you feeling? Uh
2: I'm feeling exactly like you said. It's done, and it's going
1: to be in the world
2: soon. You, you know, like you know this. You've written a book with someone else. It is uh, really fun, and it's also really hard.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're in this weird. I mean, at the point of this conversation, we're in this weird zone where we are. I wouldn't say over the material in the book, but like we're very comfortable with it and familiar with it. And at least for myself, like parts of the book that that felt extremely emotionally risky or revelatory in the moment as we were writing it, I've now kind of gotten used to or I've adjusted to the fact that they are going to be out in public. And yet it's not fully public yet. Like people haven't read it and responded to it yet. And so we're in this weird um, holding pattern uh, as, as we have this conversation. And that's why it's so hard to answer that question.
1: Yeah, I imagine that it is, this is kind of a, the what I remember from my experience is this is actually the scariest part because like it's, it's done, but no one is, has it yet. But it's like, it's also done. Like it's just, it like exists in the world, but like no, you know what I mean? Like it's, you're just, it is that intermediate purgatory and it's kind of tough to sit through. Precisely. (laughs) (laughs) Amina, how are you feeling besides that it's done?
2: I'm feeling all the (laughs) same things that uh, Anne is saying. It also, you know, it's, um, I am someone usually that uh, a lot of my work is seen, like, very quickly after I do it. And so this is definitely a new-ish experience of, like, okay, you put your head down for two years and you make a thing and then you share it with the world. That there is this, like, really interesting time, but you know, like, in between when you publish something and you're the only one that's reacting to it. And you're, you know, like if you are as lucky as I am to have the collaborator of your dreams, that person is also really entrenched in the process. And then slowly more and more people get involved and it, uh, it, it just takes on a different kind of meaning. So I, anytime someone else tells me that they've read the book, I can't believe it. You know, I'm just like, oh, like what? You've read it? That's weird. Like the only <laughs> people that have read it are me <laughs> and Anne. And so I'm having a lot of like, you know, like new author, like noob feelings. But it's, yeah, it's hilarious. It's, it's such a, yeah, it, you know, it's also like world's smallest violin type problems. I'm really proud of the work that we did and also just really aware that it is not the most important thing happening in the world so it feels great
1: I'm excited for you about this and I'm also excited that like it's finally here because I'm personally as a reader like anticipating it greatly is there anything about this that you are I, I I'm hearing I'm hearing that, you know, you become desensitized a little bit to like what you wrote, like you're so familiar with it. There's editing processes, like you reread the stories, you rewrite the stories, you revisit the stories. Is there anything that you are like thinking of specifically about putting out in the world in this book that you are sort of stealing yourself for?
2: I mean, no. There's nothing in a um There is nothing that is so like shocking or wild that I'm stealing myself for. Unlike Tom Cotton, for example, I'm not calling for, uh, you know, like people to be murdered in the streets. So no, but I do think that when you write a memoir, you know, there it and it and I think that for me, that process is probably the same as doing our podcast, that there comes Mm -hmm. a point where you realize that you were talking to more people that don't know you than people who do know you. And so I think that if anything, that is a revelation that I have over and over again, that my work is not just in conversation with people that I know it's truly like they're mostly strangers encounter it now. And, um, you know, and I think that the thing that's good about having a a collaborator in this sense is that there has always been someone to like gauge my emotional response the whole, the whole way. And so a lot of things that felt emotionally risky um, feel so much less risky by time of publication. And also it, you know, and then the other half is that it truly is a crapshoot. It's like people will receive it like they receive it. So who knows?
1: One of the best pieces of advice you gave me, I mean, when Hey Ladies came out was just let the book breathe and let people read it and, and just, just wait. Um, are you ready to take your own advice?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely waiting. It's a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm i waiting and I'm excited. What do you think,
0: I, Anne? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I really do think that, um, like, I think about my own relationships with other people's books and I'm fully aware that, like... I make my own meaning and things stand out to me that might not be the most important sentence that that person wrote but it's the thing that I really take with me from that book and so I I think I am just trying to prepare for the fact that once it is out in the world it isn't ours anymore you know like we had this really incredible and difficult and challenging and wonderful process writing it and like that part is ending. And now the part where everyone's going to make their own meaning has begun. And I think the most charitable way I understand that is like, yeah, as a reader of other people's work. So I think it's a good thing. And I also just, I don't know, like, much like other stuff happening in this pandemic, I'm just gonna like say, I don't know, maybe I'll feel different every five minutes about that fact. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, it's not real yet. It's still a hypothetical future. And so I really have no idea how I'm gonna feel.
1: Anything that you guys needed to like work through while writing this book or anything you learned about each other that really surprised you?
2: I mean, the book itself is a byproduct of having had to work through a lot of stuff. And so (laughs) I want to say that the only way that we were able to write a book is because we have a relationship where we have had to really face our own challenges head on. Um, If you want to find out what those challenges are, please buy Big Friendship at um, (laughs) your preferred retailer. <laughs> so it's that I will I, I don't think that there's any I will speak speaking for myself, there's nothing, you know, like in writing this book, I did not have uh, a deep new revelation about Anne that was shocking. It wasn't like, oh my god, like some people are like this and some people are like that. But I think a thing that was consistent throughout the process is that I was reminded why I like to work with this person even on the hardest days. And I was like, Yes, I chose very well. Um, because like 90% of collaborating is just choosing the right person. And also I, you know, like my thing, a thing that I have always loved about Anne since before we were friends is that I love her brain (laughs) and I love how she thinks. I love every single thing that she has ever written. And so it was just really exciting for me to be, to get to be a part of that. And You know, and she is, (laughs) Anne is like very nerdy about words, something that I really, I already knew and understood, and our process is very different. And um, a thing that I will proudly reveal to everyone on this show, and I hope on every single podcast that I go on, is that at (laughs) least once, uh, like at least once a day in a writing session, I would look at Anne and you know, like I'm having the worst time of my life trying to finish like 300 words and Anne is just like clickety clacking away on her side of the room and then grins and looks up and says, I love words. (laughs) And if that is not the most demented Capricorn thing you've ever (laughs) like encountered in your life, it was so great. But yeah, so all of this rambling to say that I really love the person I get to work with every day.
0: Also, you're going to make people hate me. Like, I feel like that, that anecdote, like every tortured <laughs> no. writer is going to like, like have a dartboard with my face on it. After you said that, I, I, I just want to say to yeah, and like, of course, they're going to have a dartboard with your face <laughs> on it.
2: You are like a champion athlete of the sport of writing like that. It just comes with the territory. But I'm just using the story to tell everyone that there is like such a joy in clocking in to work on something that is so hard with someone who actually deeply enjoys what they do. And that was the. I would have never written this book alone for like multiple reasons, but truly I could not have done any project of this undertaking without you because your enthusiasm was super contagious. And also your work ethic is iconic.
0: (sighs) I mean, spoken like someone with a truly iconic work ethic. Uh Uh-oh. Caroline just
2: Caroline Moss has left the meeting. Doesn't want to be here.
0: <laughs> She's like goodbye. She's like Caroline I know, I know Moss I has left, left the meeting. <laughs> so sick of hearing us praise each other.
1: <laughs> okay. She I'm was like, like I guess wow. My, the computer just close the meeting I don't even have hands on the computer right now we just <laughs> close the meeting it's like you guys are like you're so amazing you're so good at work loving your ethic and my computer's like alright bye <laughs> well I left for a moment um, because Tim Cook did not want me to hear such a <laughs> amazing conversation I
0: my, my turn to talk about what I loved about this collabo I will not let this moment <laughs> pass
1: <laughs> without and, <our> <laughs> sorry
2: Veronica
0: who has to edit this <laughs> mess of a podcast
1: <laughs> and take the floor. <laughs> okay. Let
0: me just tell you, I also am so in love with Amina's brain. But like, you know, one thing you realize if you, even with low level collaborations, often those that you don't choose for yourself, like say you just have to work with someone that someone else hired, or, you know, you have like a short term thing that you've got to get through as a freelancer with like an editor or someone who you don't like as much is you learn very quickly that like, not everyone has ideas, <laughs> Like, not everyone has, like, lots of great ideas. It is it is just a true fact that creative thinking and, like, truly challenging, like, in-depth responses to things that might seem surface level, um, that is a rare and beautiful thing. And, like, I really feel that, like, that's something I benefit from every single week doing the podcast, but like working on this book and having to really kind of return to the same questions and problems over and over again and like have some of the same conversations over and over again really showed me like some new levels in depth uh, and nuance to how like Amina thinks about the world and like what kind of like critical and creative thinker she is. And like truly that is such a gift like honestly you know a lot of writers who write solo you know will say that you do all the work of the writing like kind of like running in the background like when you sit down to type like you're you're writing things that you have been processing on your own for a long time and this book is born of the process of us jointly like both reflecting and then being in conversation and then putting on the page and that experience is like has really added so much depth to like what i think and feel and do about my own writing process. I learned so much. I'm just like, and, and also it was like, yeah, yeah, it was very, very hard. But like, I, I feel just so proud of the product of that as well. Like, I, I don't know. I, I could really, we could really spend our whole time with you on this show talking about all the ways it was powerful and important to work together.
1: I'm so excited about reading this book, knowing, I think, so much about how you, you Operate as friends and and work together as collaborators and like what that relationship can look like and and having it be a model for relationships that I have with people I work with and and collaborate with and uh I like I just can't be more excited so big friendship you can pre-order it now I mean but by the time you hear this you can just order it now and and I'm fucking pumped for you guys and congratulations on such a huge accomplishment. We're going to take a really quick break and we will be right back to see what Anne and Amina brought to G Thanks Just Bought It. Okay, we're back. So here's the thing. I know that you guys are like, Amina especially is an incredible gift giver. And I know that in your friendship, you guys buy each other things and give each other things uh, and it's like a love language of sorts. I want to hear more about shopping for each other and shopping for other people. Um, and how do you how do you buy things for Amina?
0: Uh, well, there's actually an anecdote in the book about how one at, at one point in our friendship, a way that I realized things were not good between us was that I couldn't figure out what to buy Amina for her birthday. It was like a real sign that we were like not doing great, that I didn't have too many ideas for what to buy her. So you're totally right that like gifts are part of our love language. But I also think that... Um, you know, recommendations or things that are not necessarily like a birthday gift. But I just sent you this little thing that I know you'll love. Like that level of gift giving is really ingrained into our friendship. So, oh my gosh. Okay. So I got very emotional making this list of things that Amina has brought into my life. Material things. I mean, the the list, the list of immaterial <laughs> things is like we don't have time for it. Okay. Like, right. but the material things, like, let me tell you. Okay. Number one, like like a really good um, metal, like like foot exfoliator. Like I think that um, you know, white lives are devoid of so many things if you do not have friendships with black people. Like, but like truly, my exfoliation game. Like I have, <laughs> I have like the black women in my life to thank for um, being well exfoliated. And like you know, I think early in our friendship, Amina might have noticed like some crappy pumice stone or something in my bathtub and was just like what are you what are you like messing around with here like you want the metal one and like I just so anyway my soft and supple souls are fully like you know <laughs> a result of this friendship um and you know like a minor a minor thing and also just like oh right like something that has become fully integrated into my life and routine. Um, Another thing is she bought me this incredible sleeping mask called the sleep master. Um, it is like wraps fully around your head. It almost looks like you're putting on a virtual reality headset or something. Um, mm-hmm. And it helps it blocks out noise as well as light. It's it's like it doesn't have any weird ties or anything on the back of your head so you can lie down with it. It is something that like I always have on hand when I travel and it is it, again like not like a super expensive thing, but it's like, a truly life-changing item that I have passed on um, the recommendation for to so many other people. Um, and, and then one thing that was actually a gift is shortly after I moved to Los Angeles, um, you know, like there's a lot of little tiny things that signify, okay, like I'm an adult now who really lives in my space. And an early gift that Amina got me was a really nice, simple human trash can like she had been to my house and was like, what is this like black plastic rubber made thing? Like you're not, this is not a dorm room or like a frat house anymore. Time for you to have <laughs> this, this trash can, which was like actually in that, in that place I lived was in a kind of prominent place in my kitchen. Time for you to have this nice grown ass trash can. And like, I really, I, I, I still use the trash can to this day. I feel very moved by, I felt so moved by the like the attention to detail and the way that this is like the most mundane of gifts, but also something that like made me feel more at home in my space.
1: I love that she got you a trash can
0: true love I have to tell you like like that kind of gift is true love like anyone can buy you like a candle or whatever you know what I mean like like Mm -hmm. that's sort of like whatever like you know throw it in the box on top of whatever is actually meaningful but like something like a trash can is like you can only buy someone that if you know them well
1: yeah I mean that says that is buying someone a garbage can literally is a gift that that I think says so much you're saying <laughs> I'm looking at your space I'm not liking what I'm seeing I would like to make it look better uh, I don't trust you that you will do this for yourself so I'm just right. gonna send you a simple human trash can I mean checks all was- the boxes of just paying attention showing up <laughs> just really supporting a lifestyle and it was a gift yeah, I- that said you're does, better I than this Guys, I'm screaming. <laughs> I, guess it says, I think more of you than you think of yourself. And I, I want you to know.
0: That. What is friendship? But thinking more of someone than they think of themselves, like truly right. and deeply. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, and having that and having that gift materialize in a garbage can is so wonderful and i really
2: really at the really time love that. at the time one of the most luxurious trash cans you could buy for yourself it was the high end the highest end yeah
1: the one where you bring your trash over and it and it knows you're there and it opens <laughs> okay. no we
2: don't believe in that kind of surveillance sensor but <laughs> close enough
1: that is wonder. And it, is it the one that has its own bags?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean. That has,
1: like, it comes with its own accoutrement.
0: On that okay. level, it should be called complicated human, as we all are. But, like, yes, it does require, like, a very <laughs> specific bag that um, that I now order in bulk to keep on hand. So, yeah.
1: That is such a wonder. I would never think to buy a friend a trash can. And now I'm going to take inventory of my entire social circle and think about who might need Something like that in their lives amina what um what about something that Anne has gotten you?
2: oh my God, I'm howling about the trash can because I had not <laughs> interpreted it that way, but a thing that um <laughs> A thing that I am constantly challenged by. uh, Wait,
1: no, no, I'm cutting you off. How did you interpret buying her a trash
2: can? She was like, she's messy. She's gross and messy.
0: I just need to fix
2: this. No. And you had like moved, you had moved to this new city. Everyone knows that like moving is so expensive and it's so many things. You lived in this really nice apartment. The trash can, as I remember, it was white and Rubbermaid. And, uh, and I, and it's, and it's right. I just think that, you know, like I know for myself that there are things that one needs that, um, one cannot always afford, uh, especially when you are living alone and taking care of yourself. And so I just like to bring wedding registry energy to all of my gifts to the women in my life.
1: Mm. You're so good at that too. And I'm remembering that the comforter on my bed is also something that you had in your house and and gave to me. Um, and I had just come over for something else entirely and you handed me a bag of stuff. But you also were the one, per- you were the first person in my life to say to me, you're going to do a lot more you're like get, you getting married is not an accomplishment like I'll get you stuff when you do other things that are an accomplishment I mean you got me a wedding gift but like that has always been your ethos and <laughs> I respect that and and I that comforter is on my bed right now and I forgot about that it came from you until two seconds ago um I'm wedding- never
2: doing a podcast with two people that know me very well ever again <laughs> I'm instituting that rule as of right now I'm feeling so attacked and so seen <laughs>
1: look, we appreciate you. I, you know, every time Anne throws something out, she thinks of you. Every time I go, every time I go to bed, I think of you. I don't have this gift giving. I don't have that. I don't, my gift is not gift giving. Um, um, Anne, how do you, well, Amina, what if, what is it now? I'll go back to that. What has Anne given to you that has been meaningful or that, I mean, you can't top the trash can, but I'd like to see you try.
2: Oh, I'm going to top the trash can in so many ways. One, So Anne has given me, like, countless gifts. When I sat down yesterday to try to do inventory, it was actually ridiculous because, you like, you truly, like, cannot quantify the gifts of someone who is just constantly looking out for you. And uh, so I will focus on some, like, very specific things. My gift-giving ethos, as we have learned, is, like, quite, uh, you know, like, some might say it's a production. I, the thing that I've learned from Anne that I will never, like, will stay with me forever, and is also something that I actually really appreciate about your podcast too, Caroline, is that is the, like, giving a very inexpensive gift that stays with someone for a really long time. And Anne has done that for me countless times one she's like the craftiest bitch you know so she's always making you things like which is not fair because I cannot make anything but there was a there was a real period in uh, in our like very early DC life where we were broke all the time, but we love to read fashion magazines and you know, and I'm always like, Oh, I'm never going to be able to afford that Mew Mew collar. And Anne was like, we don't need to be able to afford it. I will craft it for you. <laughs> and so she has like replicated so many fashion things that I needed. And the Mew Mew collar is still one that I own and love and it is great. Um, and also just like Anne, Anne's gift is really like surveying your life. And being like, what is the thing that you are missing? And so for Christmas, for example, this year, Anne, you gave me these beautiful like, uh, homemade napkins that you made yourself in a fabric that I fucking love. I was like, I feel like... I would have bought these from CB2, but thank God Ann Friedman made them because (laughs) (laughs) now they are free. And every time I eat at my house, I will remember that. But I just remember that as a thing where I was like, yeah, I was like, you were recently at my apartment that I moved into. You did a very quick survey of like, what does Amina need more of? And, you know, like in a stealthy way, like you, you did that. And I still had not had time to like replenish the napkins. And I loved it. And a gift that Anne has given me that is probably like my recommendation for the show is this very simple casio i'm looking up the name right now because there are like a million casios it is the casio men's digital illuminator sport watch um (laughs) anywhere between 15 and 18 dollars on um bad internet websites looking at you walmart.com But this, like, first of all, like a thing that I would have never bought myself, a rubber, you know, like a watch with a rubber band uh, and also a thing that I desperately needed but would have never gotten. And so Anne uses one when we travel to tour for the podcast and it's perfect for like, you know, it's like you always know what time it is and you can, uh, you know, you can use the timer and the blah, 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 which are all things that we need also when we're on stage on tour. Mm -hmm. and she like has a white one and she gave me a blue one and uh I love that she picked the correct color for me if I bought it for myself it would be blue which is always so important to me when there's like a plethora of colors that you can get that people know the colors that I want because I'm really choosy about that stuff but Mm -hmm. it just it turned out to be something that I use all of the time and now I never leave my house for a trip without that watch And every single time I wear it, I feel efficient and I feel powerful and I feel like I'm (laughs) on top of my shit. And I'm always like this gift given by my best friend Anne Friedman who knows me so well. Um, And I don't know. And it's also made me think so much about how like a huge like I am really I am good at the like big gift. Like I know how to do that because I'm like I love to shop and I like love, you know, like I'm like I love that kind of consumerism. But there is just something about knowing how to buy an inexpensive thing that someone really needs and that they'll use all the time. I think that is actually so much more intimate and so much more powerful as a gift. And I think about that constantly now. And so now I give myself these challenges where I'm like, I, I'm only going to spend $10 on this person. What's the best thing for $10 I could get them? And uh, and that is such a more fun game for me. And uh, Yeah. And thanks for making my life better with that watch it's great. Aww
0: I love that we have matching watches <laughs> truly like <laughs> that, my because my perspective on that is I was like I just want to match like I wear mine all the time like I like the idea that we can match like that like that is my like real like middle school but Anne, brain. But every but every good
2: gift is that is the thing that you actually just want to match with someone it's the same thing with the trash can it is the same thing with like giving Caroline the duvet it's this thing where you you say like I like how this makes me feel in my life and I hope that someone else will receive it that way you know and so for that alone I get it we do match I love frog and toting with you on the watch but also Mm. that watch has come out real handy
1: I love the idea of um, surveying someone's life sort of just uh, you know inconspicuously and taking note and and that gift because yes of course it's not about how much a gift cost but like the message of being like hey I noticed this Um, and, and now I'm going to like, you know, fill this need that I think that maybe you don't even know that you have is like really, it's really nice. It makes me really happy. I mean, was that the thing you said you were bringing the Casio. That was the thing that you recommend.
2: Yes. The Casio is what I recommend, but I also have another recommendation because you know me, my, my sickness is that I have so many recommendations.
1: (laughs) How many colors does it come in? (laughs)
2: How many colors in the in the world? You know what I'm saying? There's so many colors.
0: (laughs) It comes in a lot of colors. Thank you, Anne. (laughs) Many colors. Minimum minimum five, I would say. Like, yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Joseph's Technicolor Casio. It comes in every (laughs) color.
1: And did you Anne, did you buy it on Walmart.com or where did you find it for Amina?
0: Um, I think Good question. I I am pretty sure I bought mine at uh, Target, and I bought the one for Mina on the internet. Um, it might have it, it might have been like Shramazon. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I will say that like, I got it so I could leave my phone at home, like, and just be out in the world and just have a tether on time. Like I was like, I don't want an Apple watch. I actually, the point of this is to leave the internet behind and then discovered its other uses. And then was like, okay, I know someone else who could use this, but I think I'm pretty sure mine is from target or was originally.
1: Amina, what's the other thing that you brought?
0: Okay, the other thing that I brought that I feel very evangelical
2: about that I think Mm -hmm. I I give to almost anyone who has stayed at my house or I just like to give other people is this um, washcloth called the Salux Washcloth, S-A-L-U-X. It is uh, is a Japanese brand, um, very exfoliating uh, washcloth. It, I think it's, like, impossible to buy just one of them. It definitely comes, like, in a three-pack and maybe other packs. It comes in, like, multiple colors. As aforementioned, I like the blue ones, but if you want a pink washcloth, that's one for you. There are white ones. I think white washcloth is not a great idea because you see the dirt so much more, but whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> blue um, in all things. Blue <laughs> yeah, in all yeah. things. I'm, like, I'm very consistent. Um, but anyway, this washcloth is amazing. And I... I love taking a shower. I love taking a bath. Uh, I I talk about it with my therapist all the time. There are uh, structural trauma reasons for that. But also uh, it's a great way. The thing about this washcloth that's great is that no matter what kind of soap you use, whether it's like bar or liquid, like whatever you want, it like will make a like super luxurious lather. And you don't have to rub hard. Because if you do, like, it'll probably hurt. But the washcloth does all of the work for you. Obviously, like, don't use it on your face. This is like a body washcloth. Um, We are only using chemical exfoliation in our faces, people. Um, But anyway, it's just one of these things that it doesn't cost a lot of money. It is such a game changer in the shower. And, you know, as discussed, I, you know, like, white culture is a mystery to me. But, uh, you know, I I think like we can't solve all of the problems of white culture, but like in the bath, at least we can hold some hands and help some people uh, get the Salix washcloth and like wash your legs, wash the rest of your body. Uh, This thing is amazing.
0: Can I also just say you can kind of like unfold it and make like a butt cradle and pull it back and forth. And it's like amazing. Like. like, like, like not, not to add my own voice to this chorus but like you know really really in those hard to reach places this washcloth is coming through uh,
1: that chorus was so in need of that specific detail uh i'm like thrilled is it is it big then like is this it's Alex washcloth so like so
2: big it is so big it makes no sense how big it is sometimes i cut it in half <laughs> um because i was like no one you know like who needs all of this washcloth um but <laughs> the, it's answer great. Like, <laughs> the answer is my butt
0: the answer is my butt
2: it's true i do a butt cradle i do the back cradle for mm. it because i like mm. it so much i um i will throw it in with my laundry to wash it appropriately obviously don't put it in the dryer if you put it in the dryer it'll do fine um but yeah it's a great like Super easy to use. It's so amazing on your elbows and knees, like all of those places that need a little uh, you know, like harsh exfoliation every once in a while. But um makes the skin feel great.
1: How much is it?
2: It's like I wanna say like nine bucks um for like a multi pack. And because it is like a Japanese product it's like it's uh it's available at like random retailers for random prices is what i was gonna say so okay um yeah but it's like i i don't believe i've ever spent more than ten dollars buying like two or three of these
1: it feels like one of those things that you can get at that store in new york remember like basics plus or like yes
2: 100 yeah. 100 like you could definitely get them at like any like Japanese market I've seen them at H Mart Um, but yeah it's like if you are not you know um, as we are not really going shopping right now uh, IRL online you can find them pretty much anywhere S-A-L-U-X Alex just buy it
1: I have something to admit and I don't I don't want I want to know that this is um, a safe place to admit it but I use like a like a like a you know a loofah like should I be using a washcloth
2: yes you should absolutely be using (laughs) a washcloth (laughs)
1: Okay, bye. Um,
2: <laughs> this is coming from Dr. Fauci. I'm just telling you <laughs> what the NIH is recommending for all Americans. Wear a mask, use a washcloth.
1: <laughs> that is true. The CDC did recommend that I wash my face differently. And it was it was part of Cuomo's PowerPoint presentation.
2: I know but, um, you, but you know, honestly, like it's a thing that like we've made uh like we've joked about honestly, but I do think that one of the things that is always like fascinating to me in the like intimate relationships that you have with people of other races is that people do this kind of stuff differently. Like we shower differently and we wash our hair differently and we, whatever. And people should be curious about how other people are, um, you know, like just generally dealing with hygiene. And I think that it's very illuminating. Like I am someone who, Takes a lot of my hygiene references, probably from a lot of Asian countries, because African countries have very similar like aesthetics and products and whatever. And so in one way it's just I'm like, this is just the way I grew up, but there are other ways that, you know, you should probably be examining, um, you know, why are some people using loofahs and why are some people using washcloths and what kind of repercussions does that have in our general like cleanliness and hygiene routines. Um, but yeah, just generally be curious about what your friends of other races are like uh doing in the shower. I feel like is a bonus
0: <laughs> for all of us.
1: <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. I I've recently been uh, Samantha Irby actually um, turned me on to to the bidet life. Um, Tushy. She has oh. the travel bidet, and and we talked about this at length. But it's just very very deeply weird that in America we have decided that bidets are gross because they get you too clean, um, and we would rather just use toilet paper. Uh, and so now I've been. Really trying to change up that area of my life, and I think that we have gotten it mostly wrong for a very, very long time.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a happy and proud bidet user um, who feels very smug in this pandemic moment in general. <laughs> um, but like, but but like, I, I think a true convert, a, a true true and deep convert to the butt fountain life.
1: It's it is a lifestyle, uh, and now I'm switching out my loofah Amina, that is your influence, as always. We're gonna take another break. When we come back, we're gonna find out what Ann Friedman brought. Did you think just bought it? Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're back. Anne, narrow your list down. I know you brought a long one. What What are you starting with?
0: Okay, I really, I, I peeled back a lot of layers here. It's not an exfoliant, but I, I peeled back a lot of like <laughs> met, metaphorical layers to get to this recommendation. Um, and I think everyone, Uh, women-identified people in particular should own a tailor's tape, like a measuring tape, um, which is, if you're not familiar with it, like, um, it's just a flexible tape measure. Like, it's usually kind of like a plasticky material. It is um, about, they're typically about three feet long. They cost about $5 from craft stores and, like, tons of places on the internet. And Mm -hmm. I think everyone should own it for a couple of reasons. One is that, like the most liberating experience in my specific body has been like knowing its contours. Like rather than being like, I'm a size whatever, or I'm a large or a medium or whatever, like the tag says, being able to kind of know specifically, this is the size of my hips. This is the size of my waist. This is the size of my chest. This is my inseam. This is my torso length. And I just want to make the case that even if you are not making your own clothes, and in fact, especially if you are not making your own clothes, and especially if you are shopping online, having a sense of the dimensions of your own body beyond the size, beyond the realm of clothing labels, like, um, is really amazing because then you can look at items and say, like, okay, like what does a large really mean on this website? And like, is this pointless for me to try to buy it? Um, and I think also too, owning the measuring tape means that you can remeasure yourself and you can evolve your sense of like the specifics of what the contours of your body are, as opposed to, um, I don't know, like being stuck in this idea that like, uh, Other people have about labels for what size various parts of your body are and um, for me, it's really helped me decouple from um, the notion of like, oh, I don't fit into anything that these people are doing, you know, like uh, clothes made by other people don't fit certain parts of my body is um, it's helped me reframe that question to sort of say, okay, like here is specifically the needs and shape of my body and how can I find a specific item that fits them. Um, not to make this about me, but
2: I also just want to say that Anne is the only person in my life who buys me clothes and they always fit.
1: <laughs> that is a huge endorsement. I
2: know. That it's is- wild. It's like she'll be at the thrift store and be like, I got you a dress or I got you a skirt. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to fit me. I can't tell. And then she'll show me the picture and I'm always like, that will not fit. And let me tell you every single time, like a glove.
0: Well, and let me, sorry. I want to let you get a word in Caroline. I'm just so excited no, about this. No.
1: I was going to say do you care do you carry around Amina's measurements with you? Like do you have it in the notes app?
0: No, but I will say this that if you if you have a measuring tape, one thing you can also do is pull a few things out of your closet that fit you really really well, particularly things that don't have a lot of stretch. And measure those things, because then, you know, like if you lay flat an item that you're like, oh, God, like these jeans are like they were made for my body. It's like the only pair I've ever found that perfectly fit my waist and my hip or whatever. You can lay them flat and just look at them, get a sense of, okay, like that's what this garment without stretch that fits my body really well looks like. And so then if you're out in the store and you're like, okay, the waistband is roughly the size length of my forearm or whatever, it allows you to have this barometer for the size of your body that is again beyond sizes and so I think like it's I don't actually know the numeric measurements of Amina's body but like I have spent time around like in rooms strewn with her clothing for example (laughs) and like and you know like like eyeballing like okay like this is roughly the size of this like dress that fits her really well I see it on the floor right now but I've also seen it on her body and it looks amazing helps me then roughly eyeball like a dress I see in the thrift store or whatever. I and so, feel so seen. <laughs> I know. And I like, I, I, I think that I guess one reason why this item really made it out on top of all the things I wanted to recommend is because I think it really can reform, like at least for me, it has like reformed the way I see um, like how my body fits into like a wider world of clothing. And I will also say that online shopping, a lot of websites will not offer all of these measurements. They'll just be like fits a standard size eight or whatever that means and it's like okay like thanks for that not at all helpful info but you can do the little customer service chat and be like hi like what's the inseam on these pants that you claim are tall because like me like emoji eyeball they're definitely not long enough for me but I'm gonna ask you you know like like um you can find that measurement info and then you don't have to participate in the like oh I bought 25 things online and I'm gonna use the resources to like send most of them back you can just you can also be like a more thoughtful consumer.
2: Wow, Caroline, she's talking to you, buying 25 things to return. I mean, I literally
1: just, I literally am sitting here being like, are you in my, like, do you see the Nordstrom (laughs) box in my house?
0: The Nordstrom box in your heart?
1: Uh, no, in my house, the liter- a literal Nordstrom box in my house. Amina, Amina knows that anytime we like would go, and, we, and I lived in New York, we would go on like an errand. I always had something to return to the shipping place on Thirteenth Street in Brooklyn. And it is true, I am an online shopper that just buys so much stuff. And then I try everything on when it gets here and I send it back. And I have never. So it's not true that I've never thought about taking my measurements, but it is true that I thought it might be too hard to do it. Uh, And so I just never did. And so I've chosen a strategy that now that I'm thinking is way harder and takes up way more time. Um, So this is pretty much probably going to change my world also in a mental way like as a you know as a former disordered eater as someone who put a lot of worth in a size and a shape and you know I think like you said decoupling from the idea that like I am a large I am an extra large like in this brand I'm a medium and just knowing that like these are my inches and so my clothing needs to be these inches in order to fit on my body helps along with that message of like it's not about me not fitting into the clothes it's about these specific this specific pair of this does not fit my body I can find another pair of this that will Um, my question to you was technical, which is so when I was getting my wedding dress made, they did all the I had it custom made. It's through this um, startup called Anomaly, which basically like lets you design your own dress and then they make it at like a Tenth of the price or whatever. And, and one of the things that they make you do is they go, they have you go to a tailor and they have you do all of your measurements or you can do it at home. And before I went to the tailor, I tried to do it at home. And I was like, I don't trust that I'm doing this correctly. Like, do you need another person to like measure you or do you do it yourself?
0: It is helpful to have another person measuring you. I will say that. Um, and and that's why I recommend also like having the tape because I think if you try to do this with like, um, you know, uh, like some other, like you try to do this with a ruler or whatever, you know, right. it's not going to work. Like you really do need this very cheap, um, but specific tool, um, you it is going to work best with a buddy. You can search online for guides, like they'll show you with like a dotted line, like um, how to measure. But for me, um, there are and every body is different, right? Like you can think about what are the ways that I usually have trouble fitting into clothes. Like for me, it's like the the length is too short, the inseam is too short, and the torso is too short. So like a measurement that I Um, have had to know very intimately is like how long is my inseam which is sort of like from you know the inside hip crease like right up at your crotch down to your ankle Um, Mm -hmm. and and that's something that like if you're alone you can also like let's say you are like um, in pandemic mode sheltering solo Um, And you order one of these like on the internet, you can measure clothes that fit you well to get a sense. Um, So if you have a top that like, let's say you had like a dress with a really fitted bodice, you could, you know, maybe try to measure around um, that like laying flat or you can measure Mm -hmm. like the inseam of your pants lying on the floor. Um, the pants lying on the floor, not you lying on the floor Um, (laughs) and, you know, and get, and get a sense, but like really like buddy system, you and a friend, like agreeing to like measure each other um, is, is how you're going to get a good set of these. And I also think that like for me, I, I don't, some of them stay the same consistently, but like some of mine also fluctuate. Like I know that like there's kind of a range of what my hip measurements are. And so for a certain type of item, I'm, I'm going to want it to be a certain, I want I want a certain amount of allowance there. So like if I know my hip width is 41 inches, I won't buy anything that's like smaller than 43 if I want it to feel loose and comfortable. Um, and they're just like, you like the more you kind of integrate this um, approach i guess to thinking about clothes the more you can just sort of at least for me the more i can i can say like ugh like nothing fits this part of my body and it's sort of like gross and bad and and instead reconceptualize that to be like okay like i actually need to look for this specific thing that like does meet my needs or like I don't know um and I also think if all of us as consumers like you know we all know that like women's clothing sizes are like the patriarchy um and so if we all together are like we actually want clothes that are sized more like menswear which are you know waistband is like inches in in a lot of or or centimeters depending on where you are Um, and if we if we sort of think about that like who knows like maybe maybe if we all had tape measures we would have like a fundamentally different way to shop for clothing overall
1: yeah yeah and also like everyone knows that a thing that you've had tailored to your body fits you so like it's fit it fits you like no other item of clothing has ever fit you
2: 100 um you know how i like live for my emily meyer suits um I like I want to say also there that this thing that you're saying Anne, about having someone to measure you I think is really powerful and I also think is for me like as a thing that I think about as a cornerstone of our friendship like finding ways to talk about your body that are not destructive because, I, you know, like, I, I've had, I've been, like, really lucky to have those conversations with a lot of people that I love, including the two of you, where we're able to just be like, okay, here's how I feel in my body today. And it's not always great. But I do you think that there is something really, or, like, or I will speak for myself, there's been something, like, really powerful as someone who lives in a fat body to have a friend who is not fat that you can talk to. To about your body in ways that don't really replicate like gross dynamics and that are, um, you know, just like that are, I like, I find them like very healthy. And I also think that it's, you know, like knowing the size of your body is usually a thing that you, um, you know, like women are intimidated by for uh, a lot of patriarchy reasons. But in this case, it can
0: actually be super empowering. Hmm. And, and I have to say that, like, my, my, my reach recommendation, like, not actually, like, um, everyone listening to this, but, like, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I already know all my measurements. I already think about all this stuff. Um, I, I truly also believe that, like, it's a better world if everyone, every human being has, like, a cheap sewing machine and they can make alterations themselves because I... Whoa, 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 whoa. That I know, is a radical. Because that is yeah. the next step. Like, the next step is being, like, you know what? Well okay I'm sorry I like truly you know I backed into the measuring tape because I was going to recommend everyone get like a like an affordable basic sewing machine and I was like too much for this too much
1: you are truly showing up to G Thanks just bought it and your recommendation is make your own cl- like, like get oh, a sewing oh but it is not
0: but it is not my recommendation <laughs> I is do
1: anything alterations wise so teach me
0: but I guess what I'm trying to say is like once you once you if you do in fact like take your measurements and start thinking about like not what size is this garment but like what's the shape of my body and what's the shape of this garment I feel like it's a natural progression to make small alterations to existing clothes not like make stuff from scratch with like a dressmaker's dummy in your house I'm not even talking about that (laughs) I mean like you know if you notice that like every time you buy a dress it gaps at a certain place or pulls Mm. at a certain place like if you're a person who owns a sewing machine you can be like oh this is Potentially, depending on a couple of the other factors, this is a thing I change for myself. And so I, I whatever, that's like the um, the like mind explosion version of the measuring tape. It's like maybe not for everyone, but like those who are ready to move on to an advanced course. <laughs> I grew up in a house where my mom was like an excellent
2: seamstress. And uh, I, I have some scars from uh, my own sewing adventures. But... I also just like love my relationship with my tailor. That's the other thing Mm. for me where I was like, there is someone that I can pay to do this for me. And it, you know, it's a, everything has a price. I mean, that is a price that I'm so happy to pay. Uh, But in a pandemic, it's not a thing that I can do. And I'm very excited to figure it out.
1: Mm. Wow. Well, I will say you both know how to sew. Great. (laughs) Now I'm behind. Great. (laughs) Great. Great. I will just
0: say this though, that like there is a version of it that's like, I'm cranking out perfectly tailored dresses like made using patterns and whatever whatever like I have never been that kind of sewer like I learned to sew by like thrifting cheap things looking at where the seams were like kind of tearing those apart and redoing like I guess I I, what I'm trying to say is I learned everything I know about sewing from like clothes that someone else had already constructed and like kind of Uh messing with them and I I think that like starting from zero in the like oh I think I'm gonna make a whole thing from scratch is like basically like oh yeah like I'm just gonna take this trip and speak fully fluently in this language that I only practice for a week on Duolingo you know what I mean it's like
1: I'm gonna run a marathon even though I've never run a full mile
0: right and I, I think that like my recommendation of the sewing machine and the way I use it and rely on it is much more related to owning the measuring tape which is to say that like um understanding patterns in how mass produced clothes don't suit your body and trying to like understand what is a small and like low lift alteration that you might not need an expert for. Like I think hemming pants is a good example or like, you know, Mm. like taking in um, or letting out uh, a little bit of waist or bust line, depending like, you know, again, like working with kind of like what someone else has already done. I will also say that like knit things Um, tend to be more forgiving as well in terms of like, oh, I can make this like, I don't know, formerly baggy thing fit me a little better in a certain area. But it's also like, it's something that I think works a lot better if you have a buddy or like one reason why I was like, definitely Amina get a sewing machine because like you can call and FaceTime me and I'll be like, this is how to thread a bobbin. And also like, you know, here are some one-on-one things. Like it's really helpful to have a person in your life to pass on this knowledge as opposed to trying to read a bunch of guides, which sounds like I, I have no interest at all in like patterns or like whatever, reading instructions on how to do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel like I just like YouTubed it and then I didn't understand it and I never touched it again. But now I feel inspired to get it out because it, it still brings me the same joy that I – uh predicted I would feel when I got it the first time. Um and and now that I'm hearing that it's possible and that Amina is spending pandemic time also altering her clothing makes me feel like I need to catch up. Mm. And that's a great recommendation. And I have measuring tape, um, Taylor's tape and and I don't use it, but I do have it. So we're halfway there. Yeah. Um that's a it's a great recommendation. Uh this was a Wealth of info. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As always, I'm so grateful. Is there anything that you feel like you want to give a shout out before we wrap it up? Any product that you were tentative about bringing that you just want to like scream out? Now's your time.
2: I will say a thing that I have brought back into my life that is bring me a lot of joy is um, a butter keeper. I grew up with, in a home where we always had one and then somehow I moved to America and I don't know, like Americans don't eat butter. I have started eating butter again every day of my life and the Butter Keeper is so fun. The butter is soft. The butter is great. Uh, looks great on the counter and I say this as someone who does not like shit on my counter. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, make a butter great again. Uh, get a Butter Keeper.
0: Oh my God. And... My last shout-out is also something crafty. Sorry, sorry. Um, but it's iron-on letters as, like, a quickie thing to wear to any protest or public gathering where you want to express your feelings, not on cardboard. Um, they are pretty cheap and easy to find online. You don't need any sewing skills. You just iron them on to, like, an inside-out T-shirt. And uh, I love it as, like, a quickie, like, hello, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in the streets in 30 minutes. Like, how can I How can I have the perfect thing to wear?
1: Oh, I love that! I love. Usually, I'm just writing stuff on the back of like Amazon boxes. So this is that's. I feel that will elevate my protest game. Um, Wow, what a good recommendation! I assume I'll need an iron. Okay, I can look into that. I can look into that.
2: Caroline, I have a really good iron that I'm gonna link you to later. But um, But yeah, don't don't buy an iron. There's an iron coming your way. I love my iron.
1: (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) You can buy Big Friendship wherever books are sold. We recommend getting it at an independent bookstore of your choice. And to thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you guys here next week for another episode. In the meantime, remember, you can follow GThanksJustBoughtIt on Instagram at GThanksJustBoughtItPod. And remember, the closer I get to 10,000, the happier I become. Let's get swipe up and then we can really get the show on the road, you guys. See you next week. Thank you guys so much for coming. Um, Thank you. You are the
2: best. Thank you so much for having us.